All right, everybody, welcome to a very special episode here on location in all places but Fort Collins, Colorado. I'm here with Pro Roofing America, everyone, my good friends Jason and Austin. We are out here right now shooting some incredible content with them today. But before we got started, I want to be sure that I introduce you to these guys are really doing amazing things, not just in Colorado, but in other places across the country. It is a story worth hearing today. Thank you both for sitting down with me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. So first of all, maybe we could just in introduce yourselves to the audience and kind of what y'all do here. Oh, yeah. My name's Austin Prop. I'm the general manager of uh, Perf in America. Uh, just really happy to be here, man. I love it, man. Yeah. Uh, Jason Hutt, um, president slash owner of the company. Um, super happy to have Austin on board today with us. And great to have Patrick and the crew out here. Well, it's good to be here, guys. And so that leads me to my first question because, you know, a lot of the people who watch the show are in the trades of some kind. It could be flooring. It could be could be roofing, restoration, all right? And I think that in general, they can feel like, hey, listen, you know what? I fell into this industry or, you know, I'm not a 30-year roofer. So, you know, maybe there's a little bit of imposter syndrome. Maybe you could tell a little bit about your story, your history into this, into this industry and how you came to find it because I think it's a unique one. Sure. Yeah. So I'm kind of one of those people that fell into it. You know what I mean? Like I, I was in the auto industry for 18 to 20 years of my life um, in upper management at those and got burnt out on that and went to work for a buddy of mine who owned a roofing company in Denver and worked for him for a little bit. And the direction of his company, he wanted to stay small, didn't want to do commercial, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I had a ton of commercial leads in Northern Colorado. And so I started another company, Pro Roof in Colorado, with uh, another partner of mine. We ended up splitting up after year one um, and started Pro Roofing America and brought Austin on board in 2021. We opened an office in Oklahoma. Um, so we spent a lot of time in Oklahoma helping those folks down in Norman in 2021. So I got to ask you this because a lot of people are going to think, well, okay, maybe you can explain this, Austin, is we're talking about Colorado and Oklahoma. They're not exactly like uh, Florida and Georgia or, you know, maybe Texas and Louisiana. Um, why exactly was a choice made for Oklahoma and Colorado? Well, so Colorado, I think, is because, you know, Jason's from here, is very, very connected out here. Um, and then he also has family in Oklahoma. And in, you know, late 2020, early 21, um, you know, they just got peppered with like baseball size hail twice, twice, right? And so it it was like a calling to go out there and and help those people. Um, and I think we did a great job. It was fun. Um, it was learned a lot. It was a very, it was a huge <laughs> learning experience, both not just on the roofing side, but on the management side of stuff too. And uh, but we weathered through it and and came back here. And now we're really focusing on on building this here for for the people that are around here as well as Wyoming and Nebraska. And Nebraska. So, okay, so Wyoming, Nebraska, Colorado, and Oklahoma. I mean, you guys have picked out some interesting places there, but a lot of great places when it comes to hail, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you said you mentioned a learning curve, going out there to Oklahoma, probably learning a lot. For each of you, I'm interested to know, what is the thing that was the biggest learning curve for you, the thing that maybe slapped you in the face and said, you know what, like, this is not what we expected right here. Is there something in particular for each of you that sticks out? You're like, I wish I would have known this circa 2021 right now. Yeah. Um, 
you know, being from Colorado, the, the culture here is a little bit different than Oklahoma. Um, so I think we definitely underestimated um, the size of some of the companies out there and also just the people and the way they treat people from out of state. You know what I mean? When you're, we're not, we don't like to be called storm chasers, you know, cause we do have an office there. And so we're not technically storm chasers, but that was the first time for us, either one of us going out of Colorado to another state to do work. So, you know, going through that whole process was a little bit different for all of us. Yeah. Mine was hiring. Talk to me about that. Why? Uh, it was just a, it was a constant struggle. Um, so I had, I had gone down, this was in like November, 2021 hired like 13 people to come on and be project managers with us, like full blown paperwork filled out, social security cards given, right? Like everyone's supposed to meet on a Tuesday so that they can meet and we could train and, and get them going. And no one showed up. No one called. No one. Not one of the 13. It was crazy. And I thought I did. I sat back and I go, Oh my God, it's got, is it me? It's gotta be me. Right. And then I started reaching out to other companies, recruiting companies, just trying to figure out a way to get around this and, and, pretty much heard the same thing from everybody that if that's just the way the world was at the time and uh it it, it, it was tough it was really tough like i you know i'm sitting there beating my head against the wall going what am i doing wrong but um you know it was it was just a a strange time that we that we were all in right and coming off covid yeah coming off covid stimulus checks you know a lot of people on unemployment so it, it was uh it was a learning curve for me and moving forward with it, you know, we you, I started learning how to kind of separate the applicants, I guess. And, and I started being able to notice right out of the gate, like the kind of applicant that we were getting after that. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was getting better and better and better. And then turned out to be, you know, great for us now because we have such an amazing team put together out here. So you think the difference now is that you learned the type of person that's going to be successful. You can now look at that and go, okay, I I've seen this before. I know how this ends. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And J Jason helps me a lot with that. You know, he, with the, the long period of time that he was in upper management in, in the car business, which is, you know, very similar to this, right? Sales is sales. And I mean, even though we're not really selling anything right now, except ourselves, um, you know, he, he always teaches me every day. I learned something new about people and management and, and, you know, how to take care of them. So if you had to look at him right now, Jason, I'll turn the question over to you. What is it, what, what personality trait, what thing is it that you found that, okay, is going to be a determining factor, whether someone is going to be successful, not only in your business, but in this industry, is there something that you look at now? And you're like, man, that right there is something I never thought about when I was doing hiring before. But today, this is important. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, like the the thing that we look for most when we're hiring people is just make sure they're a good person, right? We want good quality people working here, um, and we want people that are willing to learn. We're not dictators by any stretch of the imagination. You know what I mean? Austin and I are always we're always learning, trying to learn, and. Um, so that being said, I think, you know, a lot of the younger generation that we have now, we, you got to tell them the why behind everything, mm -hmm. right? That's one thing that I've definitely learned. Like in the car business, when we were training people, we just told them to go do something, right? We didn't tell them the why, we didn't tell them any of that. And they were like little soldiers, you know what I mean? Marching and going to do it. But 
with with our guys now we have to definitely tell them the why so they understand everything um and that's that was a big change i think from austin and i both because we both come from the auto industry mm-hmm. um well and then on my side with the marine corps right so i i joined the marine corps right out of high school and and there is definitely no uh telling why in the marine corps right <laughs> you just do what you're told and uh and so it's it's been a learning curve for me with that as well of, of breaking it down for people and explaining it to them so that they can understand you know why they're implementing it why i'm telling them you know that there there's a method behind the madness and and we're it help kind of instruct you to do this because it's going to help you and protect you as as an employee of ours so i gotta ask you that because we i know a little bit off camera we were mentioning you know you go from the marine corps and now obviously the car sales was part of that but from a management standpoint, do you find that the stuff you used in the Marine Corps and learned there is still beneficial, even with the difference in the types of people that you're dealing with now? Or has it become something you've had to completely relearn? Where do you fall in that? I think it, it's still similar, okay. right? Because, you know, the, the, the thing about the Marine Corps and just any, any military branch in general, right? It's a melting pot, right? You have so many different types of people from so many different places in one area trying to accomplish, you know, a common goal. Right. And so for me to be able to implement, implement that here, um, I think is, is is beneficial, but the difference in it is, is that just like I teach my guys, I have to slow down and I have to be maybe more detail oriented to to them instead of just so black and white and say, just do it because I told you to. Right. Be a lot quicker if you just do it that way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of the things that you guys both talked to, we were talking yesterday, I know, is that um, there are some people in the industry that both of you all have been able to turn to for some guidance, some help, and some, um, I don't like the word mentorship, but just, hey, let's point me in the right direction. Um, you know, Jason, sometimes as a, as a roofing owner and as a GM, it can be tough to swallow the pride a little bit and try to ask for help or to look for somebody to go, hey, man, point me in the right direction of where I need to go or what can I avoid right now? Is there anybody for you that has been influential the last two and a half to three years into how this company has ran and, and where you want it to go in the future. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, Paul Reed has been awesome. The guy's unbelievable. Every time I call him, he calls me back. If he doesn't answer right away, he shoots me a text, tells me, hey, I'll call you back. He's been absolutely a tremendous help to both of us. 100%. So... Paul definitely is the number one guy. You know, Jonathan Sherwood's answered a couple of questions for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like him. They do, they do a nice job. They really do, both of them. I've, obviously, I haven't had Jonathan on the show, but Paul we have, and the guy's about as genuine as they come. Yeah, really is. Except in your mind also? Um, well, so when I first started, I was living in Colorado Springs. Okay. And so there was a there was a couple people in Colorado Springs um, – I got him in Canada that owns 7th Gen Roofing. He, you know, me and him connected. Um, a, a lady named uh, Lisa that, that you know, got me out of a couple of pickles. <laughs> right? But, it, you know, that was just through networking, right? And and pretty much every other roofing company that I've come into contact with has been pretty genuine, right? And and willing to talk and willing to, you know, you know sit down and... and talk about how they're going through the same struggles that I'm going through or that they did. Right. And, and that's, you know, one thing that I do like about this, this industry is, you know, it's, it's big, but it's still, it's small still. Yeah. What do you not like about the industry? And I mean, 
Because I think it's a, it's a fair question. There's a lot of things we like about it or you wouldn't do it. I mean, you have other options. You can go back and sell car. You could probably do a lot of things. You could make tables and sell those. I mean, whatever it is, you could do a lot of things. So I think it's easy to say, okay, I like this, I like that. For both of you, is there something about this industry, though, that you look at and you go, I'm sick and tired of seeing this online, or I'm sick and tired of you know this, or I wish this would improve for each of you? Do you is there something that comes to mind? Yeah, you know, like as genuine as Paul Reed is, right? I think there's a lot of people that are the exact opposite that, you know, um, younger companies and stuff look up to that I don't think are necessarily true. They're posting a lot of stuff online and maybe they are, maybe they're not. But, you know, I think you can fall into that trap of trying to keep up with the Joneses and wondering why you aren't where somebody else is, you know, or claims to be. I think there's a lot of that, you know, um, but I, other than that, the roofing industry, part of the reason I started in this was to give, to give younger guys and just anybody in general that wants a chance to change their life, a direction that they can go and have a good place to work with a great culture. Um, I like that because the roofing industry really, I mean, you're just dealing with people. And that's one thing that Austin and I connected on right from the jump was we both are here to serve people and we genuinely care about our customers, our employees, everybody. So that's, that's the other kind of, as we're hiring, that's one thing that we look for in people as well, that they're, they have a servant mindset. I like that, I mean, servant mindset. Sir, what is that, leadership through servant or servia? Servant, servant leadership, leadership, there we go. Yep. Um, what about you though, Austin? I mean, doing this right now, um, obviously coming from the military, you know, you don't know probably speaking your mind. Uh, is there something here that you're like, man, we, we, this industry has got to do better right now in, in this area, or do you agree? And you just tell me. No, hundred percent. I, I, you know, I agree with what Jason said, but it, on the other side of it, it's, um, you know, other companies that'll come in and, and they cut corners and they, um, you know, they don't do what they say. They don't communicate with the, with the homeowner. They don't keep them in the, in the loop with it. And then, you know, just just flat lying to them about the processes that they have and what they do and what timelines they don't do. Um, you know, it, even coming down to like the, you know, collecting money, right? You hear these horror stories of, of roofing companies that come in and take the first check to run for the hills. And all that does is just put a bad taste in everybody's mouth about all of us. When I think 98% of the companies are, are doing the right thing and are, are good people. You know what I mean? They really are. You're always going to have some bad apples in any industry that you're in. But unfortunately, those bad apples are the ones that everybody hears about, you know. So there's a lot of similarities between the car industry and the and roofing contracting business. You know, when people came onto the car lot, they had their gloves up wanting to fight. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not like that. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like that. We're gonna be right back to that podcast, but contractors, when's the last time you took a look at your CRM? Now, I know when I say that, it's not exactly something that is sexy, okay? No one wants to take a look at how they organize their data, but as you grow your contracting business, you're gonna to wanna to know that you've got the best team behind you. And that is why this show has always been proud to par partner with our friends right here at Leap. See the frog? You know it's the real deal, everybody. Now, people ask us, why why Leap? You know, there are a lot of other contracting CRM companies that are out there, and we've been approached by a number of them. And the answer is simple. Leap is built by contractors for contractors. All the tools that you need in one place to make your business successful. Let me give you an example of what I mean. 
If you're a contractor and you sit down at the dining room table, you're gonna want all of your presentation, your sales documents, your estimating, all of your production, everything in one place so that you can accurately explain to your homeowner how the process is going to work. Leap is going to allow that to happen for you. They've got all the sales tools you're gonna to need. In addition to that, they've got all the marketing and production, everything for your back end of your company and the front end to be able to talk to one another so that you get a seamless process the entire time. I'm gonna put the website right across the bottom of the screen where you can get more information about how Leap can help your contracting business. But let me tell you, if you were sitting there and you don't know if you got the optimized CRM, you're kind of sitting there and you've been frustrated because it doesn't seem to do what you need it to do, and you're always worried about, man, am I really stepping ahead of the competition or am I falling behind? Then it's time you get with my friends over at Leap. Again, that web address is right across the bottom. They make this show possible, and they are the trusted CRM company of this show and my company. In that amount, let's get back to this podcast and hope you all enjoy the rest of the show. All right, well, let's just take that homeowner right now. Homeowners out there, they've got damage to their home. They have a roofing contractor that's going to come there. I'd like to know from your business, and you're seeing this all the time, if you were to speak to that homeowner and say, immediately, Mr. and Ms. Homeowner, if this person comes to your door and does this, or you see this, that's something you've got to look out for because in our opinion, that's a huge red flag in this industry. Um, is there something that comes to mind? Yeah, cover and deductibles. What, what's the law here in Colorado for that? It's against the law. law. Can't waive, rebate, deduct, or you know, discount any sort of deductible. And it happened in 2012. So there's a lot of people out there that, you know, my a family member of mine actually right the last time that she got her roof done was in 2009 and when i go in there and tell her hey i i can't cover your deductible and she's like well the last guy did right and so it's re-educating her on where we're at now but also you know you have these other companies that come in here and and they will do it and break the law right and put their company in a position that it could be, you know, get in trouble and get shut down. And not only that, but put the homeowner in a position to where, I mean, it's just flat out insurance fraud. Yeah. And, you know, we're, I would never want to put that or put, put that on anybody. I mean, also I look terrible in a orange, so. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, do you agree? Is that a big problem that you're seeing? Are there other, is there another red flag for you? Does that, does that stick out in your mind? We do see that. Um, I think the other, the other big thing I see, and I, I can't say it's one company or another, and, and we would never tell customers a specific company or anything not to do business with. That's not how we are. Right. I, so, but um, I think the big thing is people over-exaggerating timelines, you know, and, and just not being transparent with the customer, you know, and, and that, whether they keep the customer or they don't at that point in time, it, it just sets everybody up for failure at the end. You know what I mean? That's, that's one of the biggest things that we preach here is transparency. We're super transparent with our employees and we expect that them to be super transparent with our homeowners that we're dealing with. Yeah, I think you're making an interesting point. Setting the right expectation from the beginning. When you're, when you're dealing with somebody who doesn't do this every day like you do or the team does, they may have a completely different expectation of what a successful roofing project is supposed to be. You know, this should be done in three weeks from you know the time I meet you to the time it goes on, and that may simply not be the case. Right. You, you can't dictate when the insurance company is going to write the scope or when they're gonna send the money or any of that. You know, there's there's so many mitigating factors that we can't control 
that are out of that. And we set that timeline with them. You know what I mean? We give everybody a realistic expectation and we go every, go over everything with them from A to Z. Even to the point of, I mean, one of the slogans that we always say here is, you know, call your customer and tell them, Hey, update. No, no update. But we didn't want you to think we forgot about you. You know, because that's, you said it, you hit the nail on the head. We do this every day, right? Homeowners may do it twice in their lifetime, right? It, yeah. So it, it, they don't understand how the process is unless somebody sits down and explains it to them. Multiple times. Right. You, you right. have to tell them multiple times, right. and that's okay because it's super confusing, right? It is. If you, you look at an insurance, like, you know, a scope of work, and I don't know of anything else that that reads right to left right <laughs> absolutely and so when you you know if you can't sit down and break it down for them um you know line by line and say hey this is this is this and this is why and this is how this works and you have this and we do this and then you get this and you give us this right i guess you have to you have to explain it to them like that and i think that there is a lot of companies i well there's just there's companies out there that that don't do that right sure. and we're definitely not uh-huh. I think there are some companies that like the little bit of the ambiguity. It's kind of like, hey, listen, I'm going to keep this thing about as confusing as I can because if I do, that means you can't hold me accountable to the things that I know I should be held accountable to. Absolutely. And so I can just keep this thing very confusing. And that way it's all working in the gray area right here. That review you leave me isn't exactly true, but it's not exactly false. You know. And so I think there's a real desire sometimes for people, especially when they're unknowledgeable, they come into the end. Maybe this is not in somebody's their fault. They don't know. They came from car sales. They came from medical device sales. And when you come from those places, you may not know how to read an insurance policy. Right. You may not know. And you just get thrown out there with a truck and a dream to say, hey, listen, try to do good by people. And in the meantime, you don't want to lead them wrong. So I'll just shut my mouth and go, yeah, sign right here. And I'm going to hope that my company does things the right way. I don't have a clue what's going to happen on the back end. I was just cold to go knock doors and find damage and here's how you walk around the house and sign them right here. And we try to alleviate that, you know, because we understand there is a growing, there's a, a learning curve, right, for all of our new guys. But they all know that they can call and ask any one of our management staff while they're with a customer if they don't know the answer to something. You know, saying I don't know, but I'll find out is just as valuable as telling them the correct answer, right? Yeah. And, and we tell our guys this too, because and it was the same in the car business. A lot of people are going to ask you a question that they already know the answer to. Just trying it on. Trying it on, right? To see if you're going to tell them the truth. See, see how you're going to answer that question. I didn't think about it from that perspective. Yeah, somebody's already done their research on something. And they just want to see what are you going to tell them. Right. Well, and also, I mean, we all know where, well, we all know where we're at right now, right? Like this, a lot of cust- a lot of homeowners here, this isn't their first room, mm-hmm. Right. And they're just looking for those red flags that that they notice, right? Yep. By something that you say or don't say or do or don't do, that's gonna you know steer them the wrong direction or steer them away from you. I mean, right? So there's it. Not every not every question is asked because they don't know. Maybe because they do know, they just want to get to know you. Absolutely, if they want to see if you're gonna tell them the truth when they're asking you the question, right? So. One of the things I want to touch on as we kind of towards the end right here is this. Um, you know, Jason, you alluded to it a few minutes ago, but I want to dive into it a little bit deeper with you. Um, you've had some people that have come into your life and some people professionally that have 
that have not worked out. Um, we don't need to go into the details per se, but it's not been an easy situation, I think, for either of you probably to deal with in the past two and a half to three years. Um, some of the hardship that's come your way at no fault of your own, perhaps. Um, and that has a real way of beating somebody down. Um, and I have a feeling that somebody will watch this, a roofing owner in Georgia or Louisiana or somewhere around there, and they're tired of getting beat down too. I'm doing things the right way. Somebody else is screwing me over. I can't seem to get ahead. And every time I take two steps forward, I get knocked one step back. You've been there. I been personally there. know that. Yeah. And also, I mean, yeah. you guys, I think you laugh because you've seen it too and oh, everything. Yeah. What, what, is, what goes through your head during these times, man? You, you know what, at... Patrick, honestly, so when we were going through this and with the hiring problems we had, even in Oklahoma and, and, and some of the employees we've had here, we realized that we get real specific on what we look for when we're hiring people, right? Like we have certain metrics that we look at or certain characteristics, I should say, that we look for in people now. And we have red flags that jump out to us automatically when we're talking to people. And so that's been the, the, the real big thing is we would rather coach people that don't know the industry the right way to do things and the way we do things. I'm not saying everything we do is right because I, I know we can always learn, right? But that's what we look for because um, that, was, that was probably our biggest um, hang up, you know, I mean, other than some financial stuff that we had happen. Um, was just keeping employees and keeping the right type of people that weren't that were going to take care of the customers the way that the customers need to be taken care of. So I'm I'm, I'm going to kind of press a little bit on this one. So forgive me, but when you talk about you know losing the money, all right, we're not talking about you know somebody losing a couple thousand dollars. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars at times in your life in the not so distant past. What I'm looking for and what I'm very interested in knowing is at a granular level, you're getting in your truck and you're driving home and that money's not there. Um, it's gone. Meantime, you got payroll you got to make, you've got vendors and, and, and suppliers and you've got homeowners and you've got a wife and you've got kids. That's, that ain't easy to take mentally on that burden, that cross to bear. What is On that drive home, how are you, how are you mentally carrying that right there? Man, that that put a lot of stress on a lot of areas of my life, obviously. You know what I mean? Trying to answer to my wife, my kids. But the one thing I will tell you is if you ever get into that situation, you just got to face it head on, right? And what I mean by that is you got to call your suppliers. You They'll work with you. That was, you know, the suppliers that we got behind with because of that situation were unbelievable, right? And they could have filed liens, but they didn't because we paid every dollar back that we were behind. I love that, man. I think there's so many people, and also I'm gonna turn this question over to you in a second, but I, I agree with you. There are a lot of people that find it easier in the short term to bury their head in the sand, not looking at, okay, you know what? I've got to step up, I've got to say, hey, listen, this is what happened. It's not gonna look good right now, but once I get it right, Man, now now I've built myself a reputation that's going to last. Absolutely. And now now our relationships that we have with the suppliers and even the credit managers that we were dealing with at the time are awesome. They're unbelievable. 
was it like for you, Austin? Now you're seeing him go through this. Perhaps you're experiencing some of the hardship as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mostly on the other side of the phone, right? <laughs> well, but, but you laugh but, about it now. But I'm sure that wasn't easy on your friendship and the relationship in this business, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. But he, you know, the one thing that I do like that I love about Jason the most is that you know he he's an honest man and 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 he really does genuinely care, right, about me, about the employees, about the customers, about you know everyone, right? But the thing that kind of helped me get through it is I'm a firm believer that, that ego is the enemy, right? And I will drop my ego and, and admit the things that I've done wrong or things that I didn't do that I could have done to maybe help mitigate, avoid it, right? And then step back and, and, and learn from that and implement it later on, right? So if I just, if I, it's, it's really easy to sit and point the finger and say, well, if they would have done this, then this wouldn't happen. Or I can say, well, if I would have noticed or paid attention or, you know, asked more questions, maybe I could have helped them so that they didn't do that. And, and with, with the whole situation, right, we were never, we were never blaming, technically blaming anyone else. What we did, we put our head down and tried to figure out a way to get out of it, right? The situation happened. There's no sense in dwelling on it and crying about it, right? We had to figure out a way to get it done. And Roxanne, who you'll meet here in a little bit, you've talked to her on the phone numerous times, right? She'll be here, but she told me when we were going through all that, she's like, I kept going because you did. She's like, you never let it affect you mentally that any of our employees can see. Well, I mean, awesome. When you, when you hear that and stuff, two-part question, I guess, is that, was there ever a time that you look at it and you go, you know what? I don't got to deal with this crap. I'm out. I can just go go work at another company and, you know, hey man, good luck. Hey, good luck to you. I did my part. I didn't do anything wrong here, but see you later. Um, and if if that does go through your head and you decide not to do it, what? Because here's my here's what I'm really thinking about. If you do, there are a lot of owners that get into situations that put their head in the sand or they don't do the things the right way. Why did you decide, hey, listen, besides you guys are probably friends and I get that, but from a business perspective, why stick in there and go, I'm sticking with this. I'm gonna see this through to something else on the other side. Well, most, <laughs> that's, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, there, I, I, I would be lying if I sat here and said that there wasn't a time that I'm like, I don't know if I can do this anymore, right? Fair. But I, but I, the one thing that I do is I always, before making a rash decision, I always sleep on it, right? I don't want to be, I don't want to make it an emotional decision. I want to make it a logical decision. And so I want to be able to think about what I'm going to do, what's going on. I sleep on it and the next day, you know, if, if I feel the same way that it must be, must be real, right? But the reason that I never ran was because I saw the big picture and what we're, what Jason's trying to build and how I can help him build it. Um, and, and what we can really create here for, for homeowners, for our employees, for the community, um, because the, the intention is right. Right. And it's just going to take a couple of learning curves and mistakes in order to get there. Then, I mean, shoot, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Ain't that the damn truth. Um, folks, I think it's very easy to see why, you know, we want to come out here and highlight a company like this, um, there are a lot of people and knowing these two guys personally that would have thrown in the towel individuals that would have said, you know what, this is a little bit much. I'll just go ahead and close up shop, 
open up something else under a different name, all right? And, you know, I'll make it all work and I'll make my money, forget the people in the company, and I'll just move on. Um, this is not the way these two gentlemen decided to do things. And I think it's a, a lesson to everyone in this industry that if you do this long enough, there are ups and there are downs. It will be how you handle those down times that will determine how high those up times are going to be for you. Um, I guess you could say that you're never going to fall below what your standards are. And these two gentlemen definitely have some standards that help them rise above where some of the others are in this industry. Um, I encourage you, I'm going to put their web address across the bottom right now. If you have any questions for Jason or Austin, put them in the comments section right below or shoot them a message, visit their website. I'm sure these guys would be happy to go ahead and answer any questions you may have. Maybe you're going through something in your business. You're in a growth phase right now and you want to take things to another level. These two guys right here, I'll tell you, if you got questions, they will answer them as honestly, honestly um, and as genuinely as you possibly can have it. I'm looking forward to spending the next couple of days with these guys as we get to learn more about them. And uh, hope you all check them out soon. Until next time.